preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Judy, you've heard of MySpace. Of course. I don't have... My own space, but I, I've gone there and seen a few people's spaces. Of course, this is the online community we're talking about where uh, anybody can pretty much have their own little space. But what about your canines, your dogs? Where do they them? go? Yeah. We'll find out in just a few minutes. And I'm, I'm sure I'm reading this right. It says we're going to have on today somebody who makes wigs for dogs. You're reading it right. I thought so. Okay. <laughs> uh, more smart fish and smart birds. Plus, we'll check in with Kyle, the nine-year-old who's uh, raised $20,000 last year selling a lemonade for canine companions for independence, something like that. Uh, we'll check in to find out how his celebrity collar auction is going. Also, your calls at one 405 What's that number? Do you know that I never hear you say the number? Do you know 866-405-8405. The... Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Melinda from Boise, Idaho. Hi, Melinda. How you doing? I'm doing great. And you? Very well. Listen on our new affiliate, KFXD, All Talk AM 63. We great have. Day. We have a new listener out there. Yeah, thanks for listening. You're very welcome. What can we do for you today? Well, you know, I was listening to your show last week um, Uh about the lady from VIP Fibers and how she makes things out of uh, animal fur and things like that. And, Uh and, um, well, although I'm sure that many of your listeners haven't heard of people doing this, I've actually been doing it for years. Really? Um, Well, I've I've got a little ferret and, um, (laughs) well... When we first got him, we called him Smokey, but later on he decided that uh, he liked to play peekaboo, so now we call him Boo. Oh, <laughs> how cute. Boo the ferret. His name is Boo, so yeah, he's my buddy, and, and we've been collecting his fur, and I actually make him little coats for the winter time. <laughs> so he can wear his own fur in the winter. <laughs> how clever. And nothing had to die. Did, now, Very does he like good. it? Oh, he loves it, yes. Because it smells just like him. He thinks this is the greatest thing in the world. Sure, his own sweater. Oh, very, very cool. So you've been doing this for a long time, huh? I have, yes. The ladies in the Red Hat Club call me the crazy ferret lady. (laughs) The crazy ferret lady. That's a new one. Usually it's a crazy cat lady. Oh, very good. Do we have any ferret toys from the, the closet? Oh, uh, you know, I think cat toys and stuff are kind of are they interchangeable. interchangeable. Love yeah. cat toys. He does love like... cat toys. Well, yep, he sure does. And what, what's his name again? His name is Boo. Boo. Okay, of course. I can't forget that. Well, let's send Boo some ferret cat toys, okay? That'd be fabulous. Very cool. Hold on for one second, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio. You're welcome. Yeah, since last week and we had that lady on, I've actually been saving my cat hair. You've got a nice collection started already in just a week. It won't I, be long before you're going to have... I'm going to say have, it's going to yeah. have a sweater for winter is what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. you got to be joking. These pictures here of our next guest after Robert? Uh, uh, it's for real. I mean, I know, you know, it's on the internet and they can doctor pictures, but those are real pictures. These are dogs wearing wigs, and there's somebody that actually makes wigs for dogs. Well, yeah, if you want to look like some of the stars like Jennifer Lopez, you want your hair to look like that, your dog can look like that, too. You know, I, I thought this dog here looked familiar. <laughs> I'm going to hold it up to the microphone so you can see the picture. Notice the resemblance to J-Lo right there. <laughs> Our next guest, uh, no stranger to Animal Radio, he introduced us to DateMyPet.com. Robert Yao. Uh, Robert, how are you doing? Hi there. Um, not too bad today. Thanks a lot. Uh, now, how's DateMyPet going? 
Take my passion is very successful. Um, as you know, we launched about a couple of years ago uh-huh. um, to basically for single animal love for single animal lovers to meet. And we've had success stories of marriages and even babies. Wow. Very good, very good. Well, you've launched a brand new site, mydogspace.com. That's correct. Mydogspace.com, essentially, it's a MySpace for your dogs. (laughs) So so what that means is it's like a social community, but instead of the owners, it's purely for the dogs to chat and for the dogs to share photos and blogs. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's it's for the dogs, not for the guardians. Absolutely. It's for the dogs only. The owners are not allowed on. Can Can the owners help them? Um, yes, of course. You know, in certain cases when the dogs have trouble typing, uh-huh. then obviously they'll get the owners on board and help them to, you know, get entries in, onto the um, onto the internet. I thive good because I, I felt stupid there for a second, thinking how I'm going how am I going to get my dog to type? Because my <laughs> dog doesn't know how to type. Maybe yours does, but mine certainly doesn't. I would have to assist my dog. Right. Now, what were the uh, what are the canines talking about? I guess. Um, people love to, um, well, um, like most dog owners, people love to share photos. Um, they share tips on... Now, do they to... share photos of their owners? No, they share photos of themselves. Oh, okay. Of the dogs running around the park or basically dog doing dog things. Uh-huh. Um, and that includes things like videos. There are videos of um, the dogs showing off. And they also write blogs. They, you know, they tell people what they do every day, um, running around the park or ch- chasing squirrels all day. And they also obviously share tips, um, things like um, new puppies or how to, essentially how to train dogs, you know, just general dog things. How about anything, a, anything to do with dogs. Training your owner would seem like a gimme. That, that yes, would, that would be actually some... a lot of that too, you know, t- telling owners what leashes to buy, what collars to buy. So um, essentially, yes, anything um, that is tied to a, a life being, you know, a life of a dog, essentially. So are you specious? Is this for dogs only? Yeah, really, because I know my cat would be all over this. <laughs> ah, so for cat, we have something called My Cat Space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so cat has its own thing. Obviously, in my dog space, no cats allowed, and suddenly they have to go to My Cat Space. In an age of identity theft, do you ever have uh, dogs crossing over and trying to pretend they're a cat just to get cat information? Oh, yes, absolutely. We're, we're very concerned about privacy issues. Um, just like any other site, if a cat tried to sneak into a dog site, we, we will ban that member. That member sure. will have to stay in the cat's home. And also, our community are very, um, they're, they're very astute, too. They, they'll watch out for, for things like that. If a cat sneaks into a dog into my dog space, uh-huh. the dog members will flag them, will flag them to be removed. Sure, sure. It's just like my space, but it's just my dog space and my cat space. It's genius, I tell you. When did you start it? When did you launch it? My dog space is only, we just started out a couple months ago, at the end of June. So we expect another six months and Google will buy you, is that correct? <laughs> well, that, that's something, you know, we'll, we'll see. But um, it's been very popular, the my dog space. And that's why we just launched my cat space literally about two weeks ago. Um, you know, because there was a high demand for, you know, the dogs and cats wanted their own internet space. Of course. Okay, well, I'm going to encourage listeners to uh, head on over to mydogspace.com and mycatspace.com. And I, I still think your great idea of a couple of years back, Date My Pet. And that's not what it sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. I was a little confused, too, at first. Uh, but it's uh, it's actually to find a, somebody who's uh, animal-friendly like you, who might have a pet and enjoy animals just like you do. Both of them, uh, all of them, I guess all three of them, great sites. Robert, we appreciate you hipping us to them. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, and...
A lot of people feel a little uneasy at the dentist, but one patient in Arizona feels like a fish out of water. That's because that's what he is. Zorro the puffer fish usually spends his days as a mascot at a popular Scottsdale restaurant, but once a year he comes to Dr. Brian Dolberg to get his overbite trimmed. Dolberg, who usually works on humans, says that if Zorro's teeth get too big, he'll starve to death. So he's been trimming his teeth for the last five years. He says Zorro seems to know the drill by now, but it's still a delicate procedure. Zorro has to repeatedly be placed back in a bucket for oxygen. Takes about an hour, and then Zorro is back to work again, swimming around in a tank at the restaurant. Dolberg doesn't charge for his tooth trimming for Zorro. He's happy to help, and he also says it's unlikely that his insurance company would accept the claim. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Hey, watch what you say. The birds are listening. I'm Hal Abrams. People are being pretty careful about their language around an eight-year-old named Peaches who has a habit of learning and repeating the worst she hears. Of course, Peaches is a mullican cockatoo. (laughs) I said it. And staffers at Black Pine Animal Park say she used to be a pet in a household where she picked up a vocabulary that can be as colorful as her feathers. The bird didn't miss anything when a volunteer construction worker started cussing recently after a chimp threw feces at him. Peaches started laughing and carrying on. And then she reverted to a few of her own favorites. Go away, shut up, and shut your mouth. Jessica Price, senior zoo manager, says it's difficult to get birds to stop using words they've learned. We obviously don't repeat them. We don't encourage it. Get more Animal Radio news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross! 
gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. No doubt about it, we've gone to the birds again. And, uh, well, this guy's no stranger to these airwaves. Bird brain, Mike O'Connor. Mike, how are you doing? <laughs> bird brain, I'm doing swell. Well, you know, the bird brain used to be an insult, but I'm learning they're pretty darn smart. Oh, man, they do some clever stuff. Let me tell you, they do some pretty impressive things, those guys. We don't give them credit. We're, no, they don't get the credit they deserve. No, really. We're sitting around the uh, the, the lunch table here at the commissary, and we're, we're going over the uh, birds, the state birds, because uh, I had no idea that every state actually had a bird. That's how, how dumb I am. <laughs> but, All 75 of them. Well, <laughs> I noticed. Well, that's, I noticed that uh, most of them are cardinals. Yeah, yeah. No, just because they have a state bird, that doesn't mean they have an imagination. They, they, that's, well, look what they took. Let's just do, do the same thing. Well, I noticed that Arizona, you have the cactus wren. Yeah, not familiar a, with that. That yeah. is a bird, right? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think most people think of wrens that little house wren, the Jenny wren, but cactus wren's a good size wren, and and it's fairly unique to that part of the country. So. They jumped on board with that one. Most people think it would be the roadrunner. Exactly. Uh, That's what I thought. No, they kind of shifted that over to New Mexico. And to Arizona's credit, they didn't um, c- copy them like everybody did with the Cardinals. So they picked their own bird. California has uh, the California quail. Yep. Uh, better known as the, well, probably lesser known as the Cali Pepla Californica. <laughs> I thought that Very was... Very good. Yeah. Uh, way to go. Way to rehearse that one. That came out good. Uh, Idaho uh, with the Mountain Bluebird and uh, Pennsylvania, uh, for all of our Pennsylvania affiliates, mm-hmm. the Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse, yeah. And unfortunately, some of, you know, states didn't really appreciate nature, so they came up with the fabricated bird, like uh, the Blue Hen of Delaware mm-hmm. and Rhode Island, the Rhode Island Red. That You know, they took some kind of domesticated meat bird thing that I guess benefits the people, but it's not really, doesn't really uh, honor the native species at all. Sure. And I'm going to show Judy the picture of the New York uh, state bird. <laughs> Tell... <laughs> Well, well, yeah. I can't believe he just showed that to me in the studio. <laughs> can't show that on TV. Uh, uh, probably, you know, Red Sox fan at a Yankee game like to do that, too, I guess. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we're coming to you live from uh, Utah, and I was trying to figure out what the Utah bird was. I, I guessed Roadrunner at first, and then I guessed uh, uh, I Pigeon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really surprised to find out what it was, and I actually would like to throw it out to our listeners if we could 
Uh, so don't anyone okay, say don't what say, it is. Don't, don't say it. Okay, I'll be quiet. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening now. If you know what the state bird of Utah is, we want to hear from you. Uh, uh, we have. Uh, do we have dog packages and cat packages? If yes, you have we do. one of these animals or bird packages or bird packages, we do have bird there packages and reptile packages. <laughs> wow. We're not specious here. Yeah. We, no. we, oh man. Clean the closet out, and then we uh, filled it up again with all kinds of good prizes. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? Uh, hi, it's Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good, good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Idaho. Idaho? Okay. We just uh, mentioned the mountain bluebird as being your state bird. Do you know what the state bird is of Utah? Well, I, ironically, it's um, the California seagull. How did he know that? Oh, well, I, I used to live in California. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, I was looking that up, and uh, it was funny because uh, uh, it turned out that it was the state bird of Utah. And um, I guess in 1848, there was a swarm of crickets that attacked a pioneer food supply. And the seagulls came and saved the pioneers by eating all the crickets. Ooh, okay. This is in Utah. It, that's right. Very good. Nice job. Did, did you learn that in uh, high school? Uh, I can't. Uh, you know, my good friend Bill Google gave me that information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an age we live in. Well, yeah, you're really. absolutely correct. The seagull, and that's a surprise because, of course, we're very far from uh, any the ocean whatsoever. Ocean, yeah. And it is. It's the California gull, exactly right. And I, I believe they don't nest all that far. They They nest around the Great Salt Lake, so it wasn't. You know, I guess the story, you'd envision them coming over the mountains and flying over uh-huh. and, and to, to rescue the, the Mormons and their food. But basically, they just left their nesting grounds and, and probably what they do all the time. Every time there's an outbreak, they're kind of wise to it and they go over and they clean up the, the mess. I understand. And we got a question after the last time you were on. We actually got this question uh, via email. Someone said that they usually have birds outside their window. They live in Rhode Island. Okay. And because of the hurricane season, uh, apparently some birds have left. Do the birds know whether or not there's a hurricane on the way? Uh, they, they know, but they, they don't leave in it you know, well in advance. Okay. You know, they, they don't read the papers or anything like that. But they do get a sense of the change in pressure, and that will alternate some of their plans. Um, a lot of times when the pressure's dropping and they feel a storm's coming, they'll stop their migration fairly quickly and, and settle down and get ready to ride out the storm. So they do that. And they also migrate with uh, cold fronts coming from the north because that helps push them along. So they are very keen and aware of different cli- climatic changes, but not, you know, a week or so in advance. But um, when it's imminent, they, they get wise to it and they take the precautionary steps or move with it do they ever get caught overseas yeah they do you know some of the songbirds will get caught a lot of times they'll they'll fly around it and avoid it but sometimes they get caught up sometimes the seabirds is just thing enough who can deal with the storms you know uh, strong enough they'll, we lose a lot of songbirds out in the ocean but the seabirds can handle it. but sometimes they get dragged along with it and they'll appear in inland lakes birds that nobody will see unless you're out in a ship way out to sea. Sometimes you wake up if you live near a lake and then, you know, after a storm and there'll be all these crazy seabirds flying around trying to figure where to go next. Cause, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And they don't like to fly over land, so it takes them a while to, you know, get up the guts. All right, we got to do something here. Well, I but, like the way you put it. You didn't say that they perish at sea. You said they have a date with somebody. <laughs> 
And, of course, Judy is referencing Why Don't Woodpeckers Get Headaches, which is your book. I have five copies I'll be giving away in just a few minutes. Oh, uh, yay. Yay. It's an awesome book. Very funny. I love it. Uh, we love it and reference it all the time. It has a special place in our special library. Oh, my gosh. That's flattering. Thank you, guys. I don't allow Judy in the bathroom, but I, <laughs> I read it all the time. Uh, and and interesting about the hurricane because, you, you know, I think more of a problem for hurricanes, birds not getting um, hurt by the wind, but a lot of times the aftermath. Like I know Katrina, a lot of birds that go to the coast to, uh, on their flight to South America or the return trip, a lot of the habitat was just totally wiped out. So where they landed looking for food, there was nothing available. The plants and the trees were stripped of foliage and insects and fruit, which they depend on. So that, wow. that can be more of a problem than, than the, the winds of the storm. Usually they can hunker down and ride it out, but when they mm-hmm. stop to jump over the water, they get, they're in trouble because there's no food for them there. Mm. Okay. Oh, there's a somber note, isn't there? Yeah, you really brought me down. <laughs> uh, right, you actually uh, work in a, uh, and own, uh, like a birder store? Birder store, yes, on Cape Cod, which is a long way from Utah, but absolutely. And we got plenty of girls out here. But yeah, we've, we started this about 25 years ago, which at the time I had never heard of one. So there might have been others, but to, for, with our idea as far as we knew. And this is a full-time job? <laughs> yeah, it's a real, it's a real business, Judy. You know, wow. opening the door, and, and you know, Cape Cod is a tourist area, so we're very busy in the summer. So you have the line when you open the door at nine o'clock. There's a line of people. Oh, outside. I got, I got probably several crops just to hold the crowds back when we open up. <laughs> a lot of people getting married up there, and they do it during the summer, throwing rice after the bride and groom leave. What is the real scoop on rice, and does it affect the birds? Yeah, I don't. You know, that actually got so crazy that um, I think there was even legislation uh, proposed in the state of Connecticut to ban people throwing rice. Because uh-huh. some woman in some kind of crazy mental state decided that the birds who ate, you, you know how when you boil rice, it swells up. So you put in a cup of rice and it fills up the whole pot at the end of the world. Well, she decided that was going to happen if the birds ingested the rice. Uh-huh. The birds would, you know, balloon up and explode and all kinds of crazy stuff like that, which is totally n- not the case whatsoever. They, they just grind it up in your gizzard. Birds eat rice, whether it's from a wedding tossed out or they eat it in the fields. They, they Just another grain for them, and they, they uh-huh. chew it up in their gizzard, and it's not a problem at all. But what I tell people after getting married is um, throw out bird seed. It's kind of funny. It's different. And, and it will get really cleaned up, readily cleaned up by the birds Ooh, after the idea. wedding. So you don't have to go out and sweep it or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. And it's cheap. And it keeps you in business. Well, that's it. It's all about me, isn't it? (laughs) Well, let's uh, go ahead and give away your book, Why Don't Woodpeckers Get Headaches? I have five copies, 1-866-405-8405. Mike O'Connor joining us, and we're going to have to do this more frequently. You guys, thanks so much. I'm glad you called. I I like talking about Utah birds. We don't get much of that out here, so (laughs) I'm glad you called, you guys. You're awesome. Hold on one second. Coming up next, straight from Letterman. Ruth Regina. Do you know how old she is? Probably in her late 70s or 80s. And she makes wigs for dogs. (laughs) Right here and exclusively on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Sheena Easton on Animal Radio. Please... 
stay a neuter your pets. It's so important. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, we are finally getting the rain we deserve here in Kanab, Utah. A lightning and all over the studios now, and so I suspect things will be okay, but <laughs> hopefully we won't go off air. Struck by one of the infamous Kanab lightning storms that sends our studio into the dark so often. Uh, Ruth Regina is on the phone. Is she? Is she on the phone? She is. Do we lose waiting. her? Oh, no. she's online too. Yes. Hi, Ruth. Hi. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm having a lot of fun. You're on the uh, the. Uh, you're like at a New York gift show right now. I am. It's the international gift show, and we're launching off our uh, uh, doggy wigs. We have all kinds of wigs here. Do- doggy wigs. Is that's what right. you? Okay, I'm looking at some pictures of these doggy wigs right now. They are absolutely adorable. First thing I got to ask you is yes. Uh, do you, how did you um, think of this? Do you have a dog of your own, and you said that it needed a wig? How did, how did this idea come up? Oh well, I've been a wig maker. In fact, we're eight generations of wig making. And many years ago, I made a wig for my niece Marlena's basset hound. That was just for an Easter ensemble, and I that was it. I didn't think anything about making dog wigs, not at that time. But now I went to a pet shop and I saw the diamond tiaras and work clothes, bridal clothes being carried around in Chanel bags. And I said, oh, my God, this is the dog's time. I said, it's why not a wig? Wow. And I designed one, and I thought it looked pretty good. And someone put a little squib in the paper about it, and it was picked up by Getty's Image, and it went all over the world. And that's when the Dave Letterman show found out about that, and they had me on their show as a guest. It was fun. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, people were calling me to make wigs for their dog. So I started a production company, and I'm making wigs for dogs. And I have a selection of around 15 different types (laughs) of wigs. And having the experience of making custom-made wigs, 
I put all my feeling into it for comfort, that they'd be lightweight. Oh, good. And that they'd be look just like the effort we would put in to making a wig like some of my clients are uh, Jennifer Lopez. I've made them for Naomi Campbell, and uh, they've been on the heads for picture uh, magazine. Uh, oh, among my clients, Heidi Klum and Katie Moss, to mention a few. Now, what, what kind of wig did uh, Heidi Klum ask for, for her dog? What? What, what, oh, what? Oh, no, this isn't for her dog. I make them for her stylist that uses them on her for photo shoots. Oh, okay. Now, uh, if I wanted to get a wig uh, for my dog, uh, what kind of selection would I have to choose from? What kind of selection? Oh, I have a selection. It's uh, My website is in construction at the present time. Uh There are some up there, but you... uh, Hello? Yes, I'm right here. You've seen them in the uh, Daily News today. Uh-huh. Those are some of my collection, and I have quite a few more. Now, I see one that actually looks like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I, I, it looks like a Jennifer Lopez wig. Is that what it is? I don't know which one you have reference to. Oh, I wish I was right but there. These uh, these can be restyled you. anyway, just like a person's own hair. They could be made like Joe the Bartender or uh-huh. Beatles or anyway. I like the dreadlocks. The, yeah, there's a Rasta dreadlock. Oh, yes. I think they're darling. Oh, absolutely. How and long? the dogs seem to be very happy wearing them. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, the dogs like them. Oh, yes, they do. And I have a sexy hairpiece for a sexy dog. Uh-huh. It's called the Peek-a-Bow-Wow. It comes over one eye, uh-huh. just a little. And, and uh, it just has that cute come-hither look. Yeah, I, I, I actually uh, see that look. That's what Judy looks like right now, actually. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, now, the dogs don't mind. Uh, can you change wigs, like a different wig for a, every day, right? Well, their mommies can change their wigs okay. to match their own outfits. What, what we you, make them in all colors. What, what do you make the hair out of? What I, I don't know. What? I don't know what how wigs are made. How do you make the hair? I can't hear you. What did you say? How, how do you make the hair? Is it real hair that you use, or is it... No, for these, we're using synthetic. Okay. But we're also going to be making custom-made wigs out of European hair. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, this is very exciting. Yes, uh, I'm glad that you're now serving the dogs. Now, any any thoughts about making wigs for cats at all? I Sir, I didn't hear what you said. The that, phone is kind of cracking up. Yeah, we, you know what? That, that's actually how I talk. It's not the phone. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a call on the other line, and they say they want to know if you're ever going to make cat wigs. 
What did you say about a cat wig? Yeah, are you going to ever make wigs for cats, for felines? Well, I did try one of them on, my cat. Uh-huh. And uh, she had it on. She was walking around with it for an hour or so. Uh-huh. And she didn't seem to mind. Oh, very good. Well, Ruth, we love what you're doing. We think uh, what you're doing is awesome. If somebody wants to order a wig, you do have a website. Is that correct? W- wig- uh- Will you repeat that question, please? Can I give out your website so people can order? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, it's, um... It's Wiggles? Uh, it's, uh, WigglesDogWigs.com. Yeah, WigglesDogWigs.com, and of course, links to yes. everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Ruth, thank you so much for... Yes, well, thank you. I enjoyed the chat with you. Keep us posted at how, uh, how it goes, okay? I, um, may I, I'm sure I have a number here, and I certainly will be happy to keep you posted. Okay, thank you so much. Hold on one second, Ruth, okay? All righty. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to stay and neuter your pets. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking with Kyle Orent. Of course, he's the nine-year-old who's raised so much money for the animals. And it was just a few minutes ago we spoke to Ruth Regina, who's got to be pushing 80. See, Wasn't she great? From the crib to the grave, right here on Animal Radio. It's Rayanne Cumulos, by the way. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. This may be difficult to believe, but that hum you hear is the sound of 200 agitated alpacas. They're agitated because I am mingling among them with my tape recorder when they're ready to go out to spend the day in their pasture in the Mora Valley of northern New Mexico, a land ringed with high peaks reminiscent of the alpaca's ancestral home in the Andes Mountains of South America. To stand in the middle of 200 alpacas is a magical experience. In more mystical circles, alpacas are believed to be beings of great light and to vibrate at a higher frequency than us mere humans. This humming sound is as agitated as they will get. Even with a stranger standing in their midst, they maintain a calm, poised, and peaceful presence. If alpacas were people, they would be great yogis or Jedi masters. 
These alpacas live at Victory Ranch, one of the premier alpaca ranches in the country. Victory Ranch educates the public about these gorgeous exotic creatures and also sells alpaca fleece that will be woven by artisans into luxurious clothing and textiles. The fleece shorn from the alpacas comes in 257 shades of earthy color, from pure white and fawn to rose gray, smoky brown, and ink black. The fleece is so coveted, it sells by the ounce. As with all animals, presence is always more important than product, and people buy alpacas simply to enjoy their company. They are very social. If separated, they will pine away with loneliness and can even die. Victory Ranch will never sell only one alpaca. If one needs to go to the vet, she is even accompanied by an alpaca buddy. At 23, Fuzzy is the oldest alpaca in the United States. She was acquired from a zoo and now lives at Victory Ranch. Recently, an animal communicator visited Victory Ranch and not knowing Fuzzy's history, mentioned that one of the alpacas was telling the herd all about an elephant she had known. Fuzzy was sharing her stories of zoo life with the rest of the alpaca herd. In the myths of the Andes, the alpaca is associated with the Earth Mother, Pacmana, who loaned the alpaca to humankind on the condition that her alpacas would always be loved and cared for. The people of the Incan civilization took Pacmana's condition to heart and cherished their alpacas. Incan civilization stood on the foundation of cloth and textiles, literally. The fiber supplied by cotton, llama, the gentle cousin to the alpaca, and the alpaca were the method of currency for the Incans, and even bridges and ropes were spun of these fibers. Incan armies were paid with textiles made of alpaca fleece. It was considered such a precious commodity that Incan soldiers would burn their storehouses of alpaca goods when retreating from battles, rather than let them fall into enemy hands. Alpaca fleece retains its precious value today, and even writers such as Mark Twain and Arthur Conan Doyle conveyed the wealth of their various characters by adorning them in luxurious alpaca clothing. When the Spanish conquistadors encountered Incan civilization in the early 1500s, they slaughtered the alpacas in an effort to conquer the people. It is believed that 90% of the lovingly tended herds, herds divided by color to maintain the integrity of the fleece, were murdered. The Incan people managed to save some of the animals and hide them. The alpacas with us today are ancestors of those saved from the brutal slaughter. Sadly, however, even in recent decades, a terrorist organization in Peru murdered the gentle alpacas in an attempt to subjugate the native population. Fortunately, thanks to the efforts of an Incan civilization that cherished their alpacas, the wonderful owners and staff of Victory Ranch, and the many people who love, appreciate, and respect the noble and elegant alpaca, the goddess Pacmana might be inclined to extend her loan for generations to come. To see photos of the alpacas at Victory Ranch, visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. Hi, this is Clive Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, if you make Animal Radio a habit... Like I do every week, you know Kyle Orent. He was eight years old when he first started talking to us. 
uh, nine years old now. He raised $20,000 selling lemonade through the summer last year. Unbelievable. Yeah, I only raised $10 at least. <laughs> and that was the whole summer. That was just like him. I, I was out with my lemonade stand the whole summer. But uh, he raised a little more, and he gave it all to Canine Companions for Independence, which is a great organization. Of course, we asked him what he wanted to do next, and he said a celebrity collar auction. We've been helping him get a bunch of collars that have been signed by different celebrities and donated, by the way, from Bamboo. Thank you, Bamboo. Wonderful collars. You should check it out. If you're looking for a collar, check out the Quick Control Leash collar. Awesome collars. Anyway, uh, he's going to be auctioning these off in just a couple of weeks here, and I... I think we have his mom on the phone with details. I'm not sure if he's there, but I want to check in. Uh, Mama Kyle? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is Mama Kyle. How are you? I'm going to call you Mama Kyle. Okay. Uh, I guess Kyle's getting ready soon to auction off these collars. Yeah, he's hoping. He's got a few still out waiting to come back, but he's hoping that they come in in time. He's still got a couple left that he's hoping that they'll, you know, people will hear about him and want more callers. So, when are we planning to do this? Uh, it is slated now. Actually, well, it is definitely going to be August twenty eighth. We're going to start it, um, and then it will go for ten days. Now, is this going to be on uh, eBay? eBay and eBay's Giving Works. So e- giving Works is eBay's charity site. Oh. Very so cool. if they go, if they go like say they go onto Giving Works and just put in Kyle Lemon. If they put in K Lemon Eight Thirty Three, they can find you know Kyle easily and his auction. Now, how many callers would you say you, you have so far? Uh, do you have to? Um, we have well, I guess around forty. Really? I think right now we got some are just picking up. But yes, we have some that are out too, which is you know we're hoping some of them were sent to some of the actors' publicists, but sometimes it doesn't really get to the actors, and sometimes we're hoping that they actually, you know, get to the celebrity itself. That's our biggest Well, if you're one of these celebrities that's holding on to one of these collars, uh, get it signed to get it in real fast. I know that Sarah Jessica Parker listens to Animal Radio religiously. Oh, really? Whenever she's out on the set shooting, they ask for tapes. Yeah, he says that because she has a big crush on him. So, uh, okay. Well, Kyle loves her husband. (laughs) There you go. Now, does Kyle recognize some of the names that are coming in? He does. He does. He, um, like, Leslie Nielsen came in, and he knows him from Scary Movie. He mm-hmm. knows him from Dr. from Mr. Magoo. He knows him, um, you know, from uh, a bunch of different movies. So people people coming in that you may not think he does know, but he does. Okay. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and yap with him. Okay, I'll go get him. One okay. second. Let's see. Kyle's got to be, uh, he's been eight years old for about three years now. <laughs> so. Let's make him nine. Kyle, how old are you now? I'm nine. Nine. Okay, I figure we've been talking to you so long, we've been saying that you're eight, but you're nine. Yeah. So how are you doing? Good. It's, uh, i got to tell you, it's pretty hot outside. Pretty glad you're not selling lemonade this summer, I bet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He might make a lot of money. Well, now, you got the celebrity auction. Uh, it's going to be starting real soon. Are you getting more callers in? They're coming in a little at a time. Little at a time. So you know, some celebs are kind of slow, or they might be out of town or filming, or they might be in Europe vacationing. Uh, who have you received so far? I've received. Uh, remember last time the ones I told you? Yes. Those are all the ones I still received. I haven't received any new ones. Nothing new since then. Okay. No. Now uh, people are going to be able to auction. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got one new one, Joe Namath. Oh, Jonah Namath. Oh, very good. Really? That, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, so people are going to be able to bid on these collars starting in a few weeks here on your uh, eBay charity site, right? Yep. And uh, where's the money going? 
to Canine Companions. Once again, and they were, of course, uh, they, the organization that you gave your $20,000 from Lemonade to also, huh? Yep. Why is this organization so near and dear to you, Kyle? Because I like animals. You just love animals. Huh? Do you have yeah. any, Do you have any pets at home? Yeah. What do you have? I have a fish. What's his name? His name's George. George. George the fish. George the fish. What kind of fish is he? Beta. He's yeah. He's in a beta. What? What color is he? He's red. A red. I have a red one yes, too. Yes, you do. Is it sort of a dark royal red? Yeah, he's very dark. Uh huh. Does he have a lot of personality? Yep. <laughs> yep. Put him on the phone. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all this information about uh, the auction on our website. We're going to try to get a lot of people to go there and bid for uh, uh, these collars. And we'll put a list of all the collars that you have there, too, okay? If there's any celebrities out there who want to sign, contact me, please. Thank you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Let me talk to your mom, okay? Hello? He, he sounds tired. Long day today? <laughs> he, he just came back from, from basket, playing basketball. Oh! oh matter of fact, he, just, he came back, he goes, I think I'm going to write. He goes, he wrote to uh, Michael Jordan. Husband. I'm not sure if it's gone through. He goes, maybe I'll write to uh, a couple more basketball players. He's oh, there. very cool. Okay, so we'll uh, put all the information up on the website, and we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks, okay? Okay. Hold on one second. There you go. I know they have uh, Billy Joel. Has signed a collar. I think that uh, uh, Donald Trump has Donald signed Trump. a con- collar. Uh-huh. Leslie Nielsen. I don't know if he's trying for Beckham yet. Leslie Nielsen signed uh-huh. a collar? Oh, wow. I'm going to bid for those three right there. <laughs> so if you, uh, the listener, want in on this, you don't have a chance because I will go up to almost $10 because that's all <laughs> I have. I'm a DJ, okay? Uh, that's all the details about that, by the way, at AnimalRadio.com. And also, you'll find there the details about the Summer End Giveaway. We're kicking it off midweek this week. I can't tell you the details until midweek, and I don't speak to you till the weekend again. So you're just going to have to check it out at the website, animalradio.com. I can tell you Petmate has anteed up. They have contributed uh, some electronic litters, like the Litter Sweep Ultra. If you have a cat, you want in on this, or the... Dog 10-pound electronic portion control a bistro. I like that. That's a great item to have. Good stuff all at the website. And, of course, remember, we're streaming online 24-7 live at AnimalRadio.com. And on your cell phone, any cell phone, by the way, all you got to do is text ANIMAL to 27627. Now, remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And if you're looking for a certain breed, go to a breed rescue. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey, gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so, too. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of America's number one pet talk program. Thanks to you. This is the fun hour. (laughs) We're not allowed to talk about this the last hour because there are some stations that, well, they're not allowed to continue on. They're missing out. They're missing out. This hour, Jack Hanna. 
Do you remember him from Letterman, Larry King, uh, Johnny Carson? He's with the Jayla. animals, right? Yeah, he, he's always bringing the animals on those TV shows. And oh, he actually like works with some zoo organizations. We'll be talking with him live today. Also, Annie Bruce with a little bit of cat talk. Have you ever had your cat attack you out of the blue? Just Ouch. all of a sudden, we'll tell you what's behind that and how to avoid it. But first, let's go to the phones. one 405 Animal Radio. Hello? Yes. Hi, who is this? Uh, my name is Donna Sears. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Very good listening on WEDO, I imagine. I am just delighted to have found your show today. Absolutely delighted. Well, good. We're brand new on WEDO, and uh, and uh, we're glad to be there in Pittsburgh, finally. Well, there seems to be such a need. Yeah, there really does. What can we help you with today? Um, I have a 17-year-old Lhasa Opsa who absolutely has been in pristine health. Um, he has dry eye and he has cataracts, so he's not seeing as well as normal. Okay. On the beginning of December, um, even though I have pillows strategically placed so he can't get behind or stuck in anywhere, he was stuck behind the toilet in the bathroom oh, no. for about two hours, and he must have fought like a wild man to get himself <laughs> out of there, which mm-hmm. he couldn't do. Mm. So um, we've reached the point at the vets that I've had his back, legs, and spine x-rayed, and they tell me that he has arthritis very bad from the back end to the legs back. Mm. Other than that, forward, the vet says he's in perfect condition. How's he feeling? Um, he's eating, he's drinking, he, he's a strong boy, he was the pick of the litter, he's uh, 26 pounds and not overweight, he um, wants to walk, he mm-hmm. tries for three hours sometimes till he just is so tired, he mm. just can't go on anymore for until the next, till he takes a rest and then here we go again. What's his name? His name is Shanghai. Shanghai. What an appropriate name. Well, here's the deal. I, we've done a little bit of research here. In fact, Judy's looking it up right now. She's going to give you some information on making Shanghai a little more mobile. Uh, I would be delighted. I would even like to know if there is somewhere on um, perhaps even the wheels with the back end. Or it's almost like a doggy wheelchair. What, what I, did you find out, Judy? Didn't you find out something from uh, Handicap yes. Pets? What, what's the deal? Yes, there's a website called Handicap pets.com good friend of ours by the way yes and he's, he's got all kinds of information on uh, holistic treatment and things you can do to make your pet comfortable and he also has a variety of different types of carts uh, there are carts for a dog who is paralyzed in the front there are carts for dogs who are paralyzed in the back and sometimes these carts can get expensive so i believe he has used carts too you're yes. kidding because i found out that they were close to three hundred dollars plus shipment well yeah and, and when i was there today at the vet, she did a blood test. She says we could try. Night. I'm not going to say this right. Um, Prozac, pro prednisone, Pred- prednisone. It's Thank a steroid. You. Yes. And she said she has had a lot of luck with it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's the type of animal holistically. He's never even been dipped mm-hmm. because I was concerned about later in life problems with his liver or right. you know. Prednisone is not uh, not holistic though. It is I know, a steroid. But yes. this is all that she has to offer me at yeah. this point. She says this could be an alternative. She's had very good results with it. 
And um, since he's so healthy otherwise and continues to fight, I just feel as though then it's up to me to continue to fight, too, mm-hmm. even though we're up day and night. Going back to the cards, uh, this handicappedpets.com also rents cards. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a shorter term, it's a little bit less expensive than actually purchasing one. So you can also rent one on a monthly basis from them. They will provide it for you as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I called in Animal Friends and left a message here. And um, I had gone through the Animal Rescue League, and nobody seemed to have gotten back to me with any like real information. Well, you're not alone. There's lots of people. In fact, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard Willie, Willie Willie, who is uh, on the show all the time with his guardian, has no back legs, goes around from school to school on his cart, giving inspirational teachings uh, to kids. Oh, wonderful. I find, so I'm a teacher without a job here in Pittsburgh. I'm Mm. back here with an older mom and an older dog now. (laughs) And, yeah, and, um, you know, there's plenty of substitute work, but somebody that has three college degrees and experience in all my fields. Well, what would you like to teach? Um, I'm an artist at heart. Okay. If you're if you're listening in the Pittsburgh area and you're looking for a good <laughs> teacher, I think you just heard one of the best interviews uh, for a job that, that could be right there. Oh, that's Your funny. Uh, Donna, I'd like to give you the name of two holistic veterinarians in Pennsylvania that will do phone com- or consultations with you. Free of charge, right? I'm not sure. There might be a charge. I don't know. But they do do long-distance phone consultations. You can call them. At least they're in Pennsylvania. Okay. We'll give you those numbers off okay. the air. Okay. Oh, I'll be delighted. We'll, we'll also send Shanghai some goodies too, okay? We'll go Aww. into the prize closet and pull out some good stuff for Shanghai. I'm uh, looking for some prayers right now. I'm going to send my prayers too, okay? Oh, I can't and thank you. Coming up, Jack Hanna joins us live on Animal Radio. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org.
Hey gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so too. Remember this fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You may have seen our next guest on Jay Leno or Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah. He's been on him several times. Leno, uh, Letterman, any of those evening late night shows that start with L, uh, <laughs> Oprah. Geez, he's been everywhere. He brings the animals on. He's a big advocate for animals. TV star, animal representative extraordinaire. How is that? Is that a good description, Jack? You know, that's a, that's a good one. I've heard that one. I don't know. They have a lot of descriptions of me, but uh, I'm not an animal expert. I, you know, I guess I would be a, a conservationist, a person that loves to, to teach conservation and, and have having fun and, you know, entertainment and learning something at the same time, which is, I think, the key to is when we were all in school, if you if you had a teacher that was that was fun and you could learn in a fun way, you know, kids take that home with them. Did you have a, have a teacher like that? I had a couple. Yeah, I really did. Uh, they made the class fun, and that's what really a good zoo does. They make the visit fun for the entire family. When they leave the zoological park or aquarium, they uh, have learned something. And a great zoo or aquarium is one that when you go there, your whole family goes there. They have a great day. And when they leave there, they say, man, I didn't know this whale was that big or this giraffe had seven vertebrae or whatever it might be. Well, in just a second, we're going to be talking about the American Zoo and Aquarium Association's most endangered list. But I wanted, right. I wanted to find out a little bit about you. You got started uh, in your bathtub in Knoxville, yeah. Tennessee. See, tell us about that. Well, I just as a young boy, like you know, a lot of young kids, you know, back then not many people cared about, cared about zoos or aquariums. You know, there weren't many aquariums anywhere in the country back then. Uh, I think she had an aquarium in Chicago, and there were, there were a few others, obviously, but not many back in the 60s and, and late in 50s. And most zoos weren't places people liked to go to. Uh, and and uh, so I just started there on the farm, loving animals like anybody, and went to work for a veterinarian when I was 12. I cleaned cages for four years. And then when he was also the zoo veterinarian for the Knoxville Zoo, a little old zoo there. And I, when I was 16, I said, someday I want to be a zookeeper. And I never wavered from that through high school, college. I uh, became a zookeeper at Knoxville, then a curator. They went to Florida, became a zoo director at a little old zoo with five employees. They went to Columbus, Ohio in 1978. And that's where I've been ever since. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love what I do. I think that's the key. I was taught three words on our farm, and that was hard work and enthusiasm. Hard work those, and enthusiasm. Yeah, those three words my dad taught me, and I've always tried to work hard, and I've always loved what I do, enthusiastic about what I do. So uh, that's kind of how it all got started as far as the television stuff. You know, that's my, my greatest accomplishment or, or what I loved to do, I guess, uh, what I'm self-satisfied most is the, the accomplishments of the Columbus Zoo and, and all the people who worked so hard to build a great zoo, and that's what I really enjoy. You know, the TV is something, you know, that probably anybody can do, but I've just been very fortunate to have a TV series, and and enjoy the shows that I represent the animal world on those shows. Well, now you've gotten together with the American Zoo and Aquarium Association to put together uh, the uh, a top ten endangered animal list. Right, right. And, and li- right. And we're, we're going to run down the list real fast if we can. You can tell us a little bit about these animals. All right. I think I think the key is obviously is, is wonders of the water too. That's what the uh, American Zoo and Aquarium Association is all about. That's what we're we're, we're promoting right now uh, uh, in the in this press conference, and, and it's it's just about what water, how important water is. I've you know I often said uh, back uh, oh God thirty years ago. I told people that water was going to be more expensive than gasoline. You know, of course, now I don't know, but, but it still really is. When we go filming, for example, in Africa, or I don't care where it is, the bottom of the world, wherever we go, 
uh, the Amazon jungle, uh, we, we really literally spend more for our water. We have to have water to exist, and so do all these animals. Uh, well, everybody on the planet has to have water to exist. You know, when you talk about the oceans of the world, we talk about our weather's affected there, our food sources, and the list goes on and on and on. And some of these animals, for example, the, one of them is a green sea turtle. Obviously, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the oceans, you know, you can think of the pollution of the oceans with the plastic bags. They think it's a jellyfish. That's what a lot of sea turtles eat. And so they uh-huh. ingest these, and, and they die. So we have to have good good water for the sea turtle, the bald eagle. I've done a lot of filming of the bald eagle, not only in Florida and Alaska, uh, filmed many bald eagles. And, of course, bald eagles, as you well know, a lot of the DDT, way back in the 1970s, 60s, we almost lost the bald eagle because of the thin eggs, because of all the runoff of all the, the chemicals in the water. That sense has stopped, and the bald eagle, as you well know, has now gone from, uh, I think it's in danger, down to the threat list. In Ohio, when I went there in 1978, there were five nesting pairs of bald eagles in Lake Erie, five. Today there's over 100. You can uh-huh. see how we're coming back with that. The corals of the world. I don't need to tell you how valuable the coral wait, 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 the world wait, wait, are. Wait, 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 Jack, corals are rocks, aren't they? No, no, no. Corals are living organisms. They are? People, oh, yeah. People don't realize how, how important corals are. You know, did you see the tsunami, the devastation? They, I don't know if you saw some of the reports on TV of those beautiful coral reefs that were there prior to the tsunami, and then afterwards it looks like a desert. Yes, you know, that, yes. That's going to that's gonna be a tragic uh, a tragic thing. We don't know what the effects of that will be on our Earth or on the fishes of the oceans in that part of the world. But corals are phenomenal. I've, I've dove the Great Barrier Reef. I've dove uh, in South Africa, Australia, and uh, the Great Barrier Reef there. There's all sorts of reefs in the Caribbean. And the, you know, the corals living living mechanisms, organisms that supply such a great habitat and food sources for all the fishes of the ocean. So I don't need to tell you how important the corals are and how important the clean water is. Polar bears, there's one up that we've actually flown up in the Northwest Territories and done tremendous shows up in Churchill on the polar bear. Now, if you've heard recently, in the last year or two, polar bears now are now showing the sexes of both male and female due to a lot of the uh, pollutions we think, we don't know, we think in that part of the world because your pollutions in the world, air pollution especially in water, goes to the poles. You know what I'm talking about? The North well, Pole and South how Pole. How does it do that? Why, why does it go to the poles? I don't understand. Because of, because of your currents, because of your currents, your water currents as well as your air currents. They, they flow that way and they tend to pile up at the top and the bottom. Mm. Uh, we heard about the ozone problem at the bottom. So the polar bears tell us kind of, uh, they're, t- they're doing a lot of research right now to find out what, what type of problems we have now up toward the North Pole there in the Northwest Territories uh, with these polar bears. And I, uh, I'm, uh, they're a phenomenal animal. I actually filmed them in October several years ago up in Churchill uh, when they were, all the males were congregating on these uh, this land masses. And now they're huge. They're magnificent creatures. Mm-hmm. Freshwater rays. I don't need to go into the freshwater rays. Obviously, without freshwater, you have a lot of problems with a lot of the, the animals. Seahorses are the same thing. Uh, beautiful creatures. I haven't done that much filming of the seahorses underwater. African penguins. A lot of people think that, that penguins are, are cold weather, right? Wouldn't you yes. think that? All yes. penguins? Definitely. Well, you I didn't about, know you they about, were. You have about 17 species of penguin and only about four or five live in cold weather, live in the Antarctic. You know, people think the penguins live in the North Pole. They live in the South Pole. Only polar bears toward the North Pole. But the penguins are an animal that depends on a lot of krill, a lot of fish in the oceans. And, uh, and, and a lot of these are warm-weather penguins, like in Australia you have a penguin, in, in South America, Africa, Galapagos Islands. And these are all places you have penguins that are warm-weather penguins. Hmm. And, of course, it, the, the oceans provide the food uh, sources for the penguins. Uh, sand tiger sharks. You know, I need to tell you what's happened to the shark populations in the world. Through education, we have shark fin soup. We have a lot of people who just like to catch yes. sharks and bash them in the head, you know, because sharks are supposed to be deadly killers. But we don't think, we don't take all of our automobiles and bash them over the, with a sledgehammer when, the, when people are injured or killed, do we? No. But it seems like whenever, whenever an animal does something, you know, everybody panics. 
and, you know, because it's news, and we have to kind of go out and, and, and do something to, to some of these animals. Now, the, the, the sharks, I think, are magnificent creatures. I've actually dove with the white sharks uh, in South Africa, as well as uh, tiger sharks uh, uh, off the coast. I think it was South America. I can't remember. Oh, another one I just did, just dove with the uh, killer, uh, uh, the uh, big old, I uh, can't remember the name of the largest fish in the ocean. <laughs> whale sharks. They call it a whale shark. That's it. See, I get so confused where I go, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, the, the, the whale sharks are the larger, largest fish in the ocean, about 30-something feet, and I dove with them off Belize last year. Phenomenal creatures. They look, they're, they're baling. They understand they're the largest fish in the ocean. They're not a, really, they look like a shark, and they're as big as a whale, so they're, they're incredible. The North American otter, there's an animal that uh, was going downhill very quickly in Ohio. It's coming back a little bit in Montana, where I live part-time. We, we try, we don't see the otters we used to see. Uh, the, the Asian small clawed otter, otter has a problem in Asia, obviously. North American otter was hunted for its fur, but otters depend on, on the waters to live as well as the, the fresh food there. Uh, the Puerto Rican crested toad is a, another incredible creature in Puerto Rico. Uh, we, we went to film there about, oh, let me see here, about three years ago. We did the bats in caves there and, and the, the uh, Puerto Rican boa, which is very, very endangered, as well as the Puerto Rican crested toad. A lot of your toads, if you remember... Well, I'm a little older, probably than you all. I don't know, but back in back in the old days, we used to have frog, we used to have frogs and toads and everything on our back steps. And we've lost forty percent of all amphibians in the last thirty years. Forty percent of Ooh. amphibians are gone. Jeez. Now, what can the average person do to help? Well, the average person can do to help is is get out there. Uh, as far as conserve water, you know, I, I shouldn't even be saying anything. Probably uh, the showers you take, you can. You know, when you go to Africa, we travel. We can exist on a half a bucket of water, maybe two or three gallons, less than that, to, to bathe in uh, every every two days. And, and we can all conserve water. Uh, there's no doubt about that. We can all uh, watch what we do. Obviously, with throwing plastic down, uh, all sorts of things. I just watched a person this morning. I'm down in Florida working right now. People throwing stuff out on the beach, you know, and I just, I, I can't Ugh. take a walk on the beach anymore. I have to pick up stuff all the time. Recycling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think my generation did more damage to the planet than any, any previous generation in the history of the world. Today's generation, these young people today, I think are doing more to save it than any generation in the history of the world. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So, okay. So, so I think through education, you know, it's, 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 it's obvious things we can do. You know, there's many, many obvious things all of us can do uh, to conserve water. And, and as I said before... Without water, uh, you know, we, we don't have much of a chance at all. I mean, you think of the American Zoo and Aquarium Association, you think of, people think of, of zoos and aquariums and, and, and what do we do? Well, right now we have about 1,400 conservation projects in 80 different countries. Can you imagine Jeez. that? The Columbus Zoo alone has 36 conservation projects around the world that we pump in about over a million dollars every year to. Wow, so now that all the zoos and aquariums now are all supporting conservation projects all around the world, which 20 years ago, I don't know if he's supported hardly any. No. So it's awareness and education. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You know, people don't seem to understand that, that it's not a matter of us going into a, a, a third world country or any country. You, you know, we don't do such a hot job in our own country right now. We, you know, we we have to educate people before they can serve. You know, people ask me, what's the number one goal of a of American Zoo Association, a, a zoo or aquarium? Or uh, what's the number one goal? To me, education is. Yes, we all talk about conservation, but what good does it do to conserve everything if people aren't educated? Exactly. No good. That you, you have know, to start and with that. I've gone to every country in the world. Uh, I've seen this firsthand where we go in there and we try and tell them about how to conserve this and conserve that. But, you know, you can't blame some of these countries. They've done this for generations, uh, for thousands of years. They've, they've killed this animal or killed that animal for certain, you know, foods or, or medicinal purposes. And we have to educate people first and say, well, you shouldn't do this because of this, you know. And, yes. And, 
that's what that's what we're doing now throughout all uh, throughout all the projects we support. Very good. Wow, uh, <laughs> I forgot how fast a talker you are. Go ahead and take a <laughs> breath, Jack. <laughs> oh, I, I've got about about about. about four or five of these different interviews this morning, not just for the uh, American Zoo thing, but i got to do a bunch of stuff for our, we're getting ready to leave for Australia for our uh, Do 7 show, so I'm trying to get all this done this morning. And <laughs> yeah, I wanted to I, re- if, I went too, if I went too fast, I could do it over. No, <laughs> I wanted to remind everybody that you can check Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures out. Yep, yep, we've got seven more shows for this season, and we're going to be doing those um, here in about another week and a half over in uh, Australia, so that should be a lot of fun. And is there a website that we can go to to learn more? jackhanna.com jackhanna.com this has been very exciting to actually have you on animal radio i learned today that coral is actually a living, living creature living oh organism. yeah oh yeah it grows and everything else yeah it's not like a, a rock which doesn't grow you know and people even you, you talk about the tsunami which we which we talked about briefly people wonder you remember how I, I did a lot of interviews for a lot of the networks about how the animals knew before it hit right. i don't know if you heard that or not well oh, definitely there's no vibrations went faster through rock than water and that's why these elephants took off a half an hour before the tsunami even even hit because they you know animal we need to pay more attention to the animal world they can help us a lot you know they're going to be here probably long after mankind is gone hopefully they'll be here they've always were here before we were here and that's probably what's going to happen you know we need to start listening to what the animals are telling us we appreciate your time today and and well, and we'll it was. <laughs> go ahead go ahead we love talking to you and you're always welcome on animal radio Thanks, Jack. Please take care Thanks. of yourself. Have a wonderful time on your trip. Thank Okey you. Okie dokie. I'll see you at the local zoo aquarium. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Uh, Jack Hanna, that interview was uh, supposed to last 10 minutes, and uh, it's over already, so <laughs> I guess we'll just... Uh, well, you can call us. Uh, we're here at one uh, 405 uh, We have... About five minutes left. I have never heard somebody talk so fast. He didn't take a breath. No, he didn't. Wow, he had a lot to say, though. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Coming up, Annie Bruce, when cats attack. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Hey, gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so, too. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. 
Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We got some email about, uh, well, I'll, I'll read it to you in just a second. Uh, we're going to call Annie Bruce in for this one. Hi, Annie. Hey, Hal. How you doing? Very well. Seems like it's been an age since we've spoken. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I got really sick, so... Oh, no. <laughs> the reason I'm calling is because we just got an email at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. People always asking questions. For some reason... They don't want to call me at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five because I guess they don't want to be on the air. But they want to, they need solutions to their animals' problems. This lady has a cat, a tuxedo cat, and uh, it, it's one of those cats that will hop up on your lap and it'll be real friendly. And you'll, you'll start to pet it and it'll actually purr. You can hear purring, she says, and then it'll turn around and snap and bite the person. Whoever's lapping that. Gosh, what is I that about? When that happens. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with that? I, uh, what is up with that? Uh, there's many reasons, I believe, behind um, that type of aggression in cats. And I think the top main ones is that either the cat was mishandled or it got overwhelmed or it was declawed. It's usually one of those top three things. Uh-huh. Something in its past did Something, it wrong. Yeah, and, and um, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, well, Mr. Lincoln came to me when he was three years old, mm-hmm. and this can change. He used to bite like that. Mm-hmm. He used to purr on our laps, and all of a sudden he would bite us. So we know there's hope because you yes. changed. Okay. Yes, because Lincoln did change. He doesn't bite anymore, and if he does, he's going to give us two warning signs. He, he'll wag his tail and he'll meow, and that's, that's the sign to say, I'm overwhelmed. Get away from me. Leave me alone right now. <laughs> yeah, there, there are signs that, uh, that sometimes the owners miss. They hear the purring, they think all is good. They don't see the big tail going back and forth, wagging real fast. Yes, they may not be paying attention to the the, the tail or the, the eyes and the the impatience that the cat is starting to build up. Plus, so, you, fe- you, know, you feel if your cat came to you, it wants that attention. Right. Well, you know, I think Lincoln was biting us because he wanted to be petted even more. Mm, okay. And... Um, but we had to stop that. What I do is I react right away. I say, ouch, you hurt me. And if the cat is not declawed, I get up and leave the room. Uh-huh. Uh, because you never want to fight with the cat. They, <laughs> they, they can win. <laughs> yeah, you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, I, well, in my book, Cat Be Good, the very first chapter, I talk about how when I was 15 years old, I was viciously attacked by my own cat. Mm-hmm. Really? It, oh, it was so bad, I couldn't even lift my right arm for a month. Wow. It was so bad, I thought I was going to have the cat put down, and I would never own a cat ever again. (laughs) What happened? Well, I realized that I had made several mistakes. One, I had been playing rough with him for for three years with my hands, allowing him to bite and scratch me. Bad, bad. Everybody does that. No, so, I have guilty. not played. Yeah, I've not played with the cat with my hands since that day. I use lure toys. <laughs> Another thing, the cat was not spayed or neutered. Oh. Anyone who's listening, please get your cat spayed or neutered because that's going to take care of a lot of uh, aggression and a lot of the hormones that get. Raised a lot of people don't cat. realize that it takes care of not only the the procreation issues, but it, it takes care of uh, certain cancers, uh, some issues, behavior issues. Won't change their personality. They're afraid that it'll change their personality. But spaying and neutering really is multifold, multifaceted, as we say in the um, stupid things we say <laughs> business. <laughs> 
in that, in that business. Yeah, in that business true, we're in. You know, because I, I screwed up. The cat was not neutered. And because uh, back then, you know, you just didn't think about it with males. Nowadays, no. I won't even consult with someone unless they go get their cat uh, spayed or neutered. And another thing, too, a cat regulates its temperature by not running around. <laughs> and I'd forced Simon into this play mode that day on a hot August day in Detroit. And he came after me. So I was the one that made all these mistakes. <laughs> so you really, t- you, you encouraged him to bite you. Yes. Not only bite, he viciously attacked me. He, You're a small woman. Yes. He bit me, and you could see down into my muscle. He, his fang, I've still got the scars on my arm. Mm. His fangs went way down into my muscles, and uh, I couldn't lift my arm. And, and I was terrified of the cat. I wouldn't even look at him for like three weeks. <laughs> I thought I would never, ever own a cat again, but I'm telling you that it doesn't have to be that way because cats, uh, for one thing, my Marvin, Bob, and Louie don't bite me. Uh Louie bit me once, and I said, ouch, and looked real hurt. You hurt me, and he never did that again. Okay, so saying ouch... Is, is real important to do, yes. and, and not say their name, by the way. You, can, you shouldn't say their name with it. Yeah. I'm guilty of doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I say the name for only when they're good. If they're just even laying there snoozing, you know, then they they can hear their name. But if they're being bad, I leave their name out, and, and I react. And, and they they really get in touch with the owner's uh, moods, and it, it they're going to see that. You, yeah. know, you know, they're hurting you. What about when they attach themselves to your leg? Oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> They're biting into your leg. Oh, man, I would do anything to get them off. Uh, a, a blanket. Now I know why cat fights don't last very long. Annie Bruce, uh, the book is Good Cats. I'm sorry, the book is Cat Be Good. The website is goodcatswearblack.com. Of course, we'll link to it from animalradio.com. Uh, we've actually put together the top signs that your cat's going to attack you. Like I said, some people, guardians, just miss the obvious signs. Yeah, they're there. You just have to look for them. One of the top signs is uh, if you've seen them hitting the weights harder than usual lately, uh, perhaps you should think about uh, just watching your back. <laughs> it, it could be a bad sign. Or uh, perhaps if he's putting his cigarette out on his kitty tree, this is another bad sign. Uh, and I know a sign if he sharpens his claws, you know, crisscross rules, you can almost hear him doing it. Yeah, late at night. Yeah. Uh, perhaps you wake up, you find the phone cord cut or the curtains closed. Uh, perhaps the cat did this as a preemptive uh, strike. Who knows? You know, I've had another cat. What he did before was uh, he used the automatic return on my email really? saying that I was currently away, which was kind of a tip-off that he, he was going to do something. What if uh, he puts on his black collar? Now, his black collar is, uh, of course, equivalent to the black belt in karate or judo. Oh. This this is a bad sign. Uh, one of the signs that you really must watch out for, uh, say he puts on the Eye of the Tiger CD. Ouch. You hear that music. You gotta just get out of the house. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Hi, Joy. Oh, 
Hello, Hal. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Always my favorite part of the show when we speak to Joy Turner, an animal communicator who's taught me so much. I'm actually learning yes. every week a little more. Who do I have on the phone? Marilyn? Yes. Hi, Marilyn. Where are you calling from? South Lake Tahoe, California. Listening on KOWL, I imagine. Right. Uh, okay, you're on with Joy. Go ahead. Hi, Marilyn. Hi. Um, I don't know how much background you want on... Uh, I'd like to start out knowing what the species and the name of the animal that we'll be speaking with is. Okay. She's a uh, wire hair fox terrier. Might have a little poodle in her. Okay. And her name is Molly. Okay. And give me enough background so that my mind understands the question. Okay. So I can phrase it correctly to her. I got it. I got her five years ago from a uh, animal shelter and at the time she had very bad heart condition and since then I've learned she's had other problems and now um, it seems she's developing very severe arthritis and she's on all kinds of medication already I don't want to add more prescription medication that's going to interfere with other things. She's got chronic hepatitis and pancreatitis, and her kidneys are not in good condition. My main concern is whether she's in pain. I don't want to, I, I have no intention of putting her to sleep, but I want to be sure that whatever time she's got left, that she's comfortable and happy. Okay. And here's what Molly wants you to know. She absolutely idolizes you for being willing to put so much effort into her care and her well-being. She just cannot even begin to thank you enough for everything you're doing for her. And she just absolutely loves the things that you're doing. She loves that you love her that much, that you would go to all this length to take care of her. Oh. Um, and she thinks that she would like to continue doing that for as long as her body possibly can hold out because she loves receiving that much love. When you asked about pain, what she told me is that her body certainly feels differently than it used to feel. And she's not actually interpreting any of that as pain. She's interpreting different varying levels of discomfort, mm -hmm. but not actual pain. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. And she wants me to explain a little bit to you why that is. Okay. And I've heard this from a number, quite a large number, actually, of other animals as well. Essentially, pain, they tell me, is a function of our judgment. And if they're not judging the sensations that their bodies are having, they pretty much always interpreted it as some kinds of discomfort but not pain. It has to get really extreme for a lot of animals to consider that they have pain. Well, I'm glad it hasn't gotten to that point. The discomfort, does that keep her from doing things she wants to do or feels she would like to do? Or it, well, She I, says in, in a way and some things, but not enough that she's concerned about it. That's good to know. She thinks that she can quite easily make adjustments to the way her body adapts and changes. 
so that even though maybe there are things she can't do now that she could before, she still thinks that she's having a wonderful and marvelous life. And primarily that's because of her interpretation of all the love that it takes from you to help her do all these different things that you're doing. Oh, that is so encouraging to hear because I was so concerned that she was not happy. No, she says she gets days when she's a little grumpy and she's sorry about that, but she thinks maybe you can understand that. Yes. And she's again saying how much she loves the fact that you love her so much to do all these things for her. Oh, that does my heart good to know this, and it makes me feel really good about it. And, uh, well, we'll just continue. She's such a sweet dog. I don't know why. She thinks you give her so far much greater love than the others ever did. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. So she thinks she kind of went to heaven before she even had to pass on. Oh, that's so good to know. She's a very lucky, lucky dog. I'm a very, very lucky person to have found her, I tell you, because she has been the joy of my life for the past five years. And she wants you to know she thinks the same of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay, we're going to need to take a break, so I could, I'm could. i a little verklempt. <laughs> take a quick break. A joy, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Two ways, through my website at www.talkwithyouranimals.com or by calling me at 425-867-1779. And I do private sessions all week long if people want to have private conversations. And, of course, you can hear Joy Turner every weeknight on Animal Radio's full-time channel at AnimalRadio.com. And if you want to talk to her next week, 1-866-405-8405. Joy, we will talk with you later. Thanks, Al. Marilyn, thank you so much for your call. Have a great day. Thank you. (laughs) Hi, this is Wendy Malik on Animal Radio. And do not forget, stay in neuter. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Hey gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so too. Remember this fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Okay, you think uh, think what's going on right now in the country with... Gay marriages is something I have a very special story for you (laughs) coming up in just a couple of seconds. But first, we shall visit with Rayanne Cumulus, the intelligent portion of Animal Radio. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. In 2002, a feathered reptile fossil was unearthed in Central Asia. Timeless wings impressed upon stone provide a tantalizing glimpse into a far distant past. At 220 million years old, this fossil is believed to be the oldest known feathered creature on Earth. Long after this feathered reptile flew the Earth, winged creatures continued to capture the imagination. For centuries, feathers have been used in art and story to express glory, exaltation of the spirit, and favor from on high. To the early Christian mystics, flight was the symbol of prayer. 
Through the wings of contemplation, one is lifted above oneself to a luminous realm of peace, serenity, and grace. The angels in the Bible did not have wings, but over time these heavenly messengers took on the feathers of biblical winged guides, the tetramorph, seraphim, and the holy dove. As a messenger of the divine and an envoy of grace, angels required the means by which to traverse the chasm between earth and sky, feathers. Feathers have long served important and necessary functions. They equip arrows for flight, adorn clothing, home, or sacred objects, and act as an instrument in recording the written word. The presence of a feather can open up a world of possibility, not only in the mundane realm of warfare, penmanship, or decoration, but within the imagination. To soar above the terrestrial sphere on the wings of a bird unlocks a limitless arena of dream, possibility, and hope. Emily Dickinson's poem flies straight to the heart on a wing and a prayer. Hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without words and never stops at all. Ancient artifacts from the Paleolithic period depict female figures with feathers, some believe representing an ancient alliance between goddess and bird, the feathers imbuing the wearer with supernatural powers. And, since birds dwell in the upper air where weather originates, the bird in primitive times was believed to have a magical command over the weather. In the Egyptian Book of the Dead, ostrich feathers sacred to the goddess Maat were used in the rite of weighing the heart of the dead against her divine feather of truth. Only the heart purged of the weight of material desire could ascend to union with the gods. In Native American story and tradition, feathers are considered a vehicle to the upper world. However, the adventurer must have proved himself worthy of the gift of a magic feather to journey to that world. In the Navajo myth of the hero twins, magic feathers are given to the twins to trick and defeat the monster birds who have been terrorizing the people. When Batwoman hears of the twin success, she begs for some of the feathers from the slain monster birds so that she may use them to become beautiful. The twins give her two feathers with a warning that she must avoid walking through any garden of flowers. In her excitement over her future beauty, Batwoman forgets the warning and inadvertently walks through a field of sunflowers. And as she walks, every kind of bird imaginable begins to flutter out of her basket leaving Batwoman with none of the beauty she so desired. Although the magic feathers did create the birds we know today. It is said that a symbol that stands for a power is the power. Whether as an envoy of hope or the measure of one's heart, feathers are a symbol of the power we have within us to lift our spirits and soar on wings of feathered grace. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Remember, there's lots more. Rayanne Cumulos, live 24-7 at animalradio.com. It's really, truly an amazing channel if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, all the news you want. If you're looking for a pet, if you're looking for a veterinarian, animalradio.com is where you want to go. Rayanne Cumulos makes several features on Animal Radio's full-time channel. She has a CD out, by the way, which I believe was a Christmas CD, but really is timeless. Yeah, any time of the year, make a great present, great gift to someone. And that is the voice of Judy Francis, who joins me every week right here from the newsroom. And we were just talking a few minutes ago. Tell the listeners about (laughs) this interesting couple. 
Well, a 41-year-old woman married the 35-year-old object of her affection. But the object of her affection was a dolphin. A dolphin? Yes. She met do- the dolphin 15 years ago. His name is Cindy, <laughs> and she said it was love at first sight. His name is Cindy. His name is Cindy, yes. Yeah, okay. She says it's not a perverted thing to do. She says it. Uh, she doesn't love him the way she would love a man, but they just have this deep connection, and that she's still keeping open the option of actually marrying a human at some point. Yeah. you got to keep those options open. Even yes. though humans, I'll tell you. Yes, good thing, good thing she's not the jealous type, though. She said he can still play with all the other girl dolphins out there. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Tie down your dolphin. No. So even though it's not legal, deep in their hearts, the two of them are very happy. And really, that's all that matters yes. is that they're happy. Yes. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people, too. A California woman who allegedly instructed her two daughters to steal a neighbor's dog was arrested on charges of contributing to the delinquency of a minor and grand theft. A witness to the dog napping told police he saw two young girls jump out of an SUV and snatch the small dog while a woman inside the car was shouting at them to hurry up. A week later, the girls aged seven and nine were observed reacting strangely to a sign the dog owners posted offering a reward. They were sent to the principal's office where they confessed the stealing guppy, a small chihuahua Pekingese mix. Their mother, who was released on $20,000 bail, told police she took the dog to protect it from another dog in the neighborhood. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. There's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. Remember, spay or neuter. And never buy from a breeder and don't declaw. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.